Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners. Today on the podcast, we are going to be exploring the topic of career pivots and a career change after kids. And certainly, I'm sure we'll be tying into um, changes that might be occurring as a result of the pandemic, because, you know, let's just bring the elephant into the room. Uh, My guest today is Megan Day. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. And yes, you're right. We will touch on that because it's an overarching theme that we're all dealing with right now. Exactly. Well, I'm sure it's definitely spawning some questions about, you know, am I happy with what I'm doing? Do I, am I getting joy from my job or career? And if I wasn't, you know, this time off may be very illuminating to some things. So um, I think it's definitely, um, it wasn't the initial plan of the podcast, but, you know, we'll weave the two together because there's some overarching themes, I think. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the initial plan for any of our lives, was it? <laughs> no, not at all. Not when we discussed. When did we talk? We talked on March 2nd before I left on vacation. And this was just kind of like, oh, you know, it's happening over there and it's not here. And then, you know, it just got crazy from there. So, um, okay. So let's first start with tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Uh, so thank you. Um, my name is Megan. I am a certified life coach and a career coach, and I help women uh, figure out their career paths after kids. And so I do that through my coaching. Um, I do that through workshops and writing as well. So um, it's mainly for women that are feeling like they don't know what the heck they want to do anymore. Their life has shifted. And uh, I think, like you said before, Uh, The women that I worked with, their needs have changed slightly, even in the past couple of weeks. Um, Yes, it was about job fulfillment and about balancing your life and your work and your family and that kind of thing. But I think right now, a lot of women are just worried about how they're going to get their work done with their kids home, or how are they going to manage their their health mentally, emotionally, um, physically as well through this even if they have to work out of the home as well. I mean, that's a big shock for a lot of families too. So um, I'm a guide. I I help women through those decisions and through those difficult conversations and through their thought processes processes surrounding their careers. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So you mentioned writing. And so let's let's just talk about your book first. So you, you just recently wrote a book. Um, so I'd like to know the name of it, but I'd also like to know why you felt a book like this was sort of needed in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So yes, I wrote my book. It it came out on Amazon in October, 2019. And, uh, the book is called new mom, new job, how to make the right choice when maternity leave leaves you wondering. And I wrote the book because a lot of the women I were working with, I was seeing common themes and, you know, about the balance piece, how am I going to manage my career now that I have another being to take care of a child who I care for more than anything in the whole world. And my career is kind of taking a little bit of a backseat, but how am I going to navigate this? Do I, and you know, do I want to stay in this career as well? So not only balancing that new motherhood and the career aspirations, but also a lot of the women that I spoke with and that I worked with um, through my coaching practice, they already disliked their jobs before they had kids and that just amplified it. Um, Having that break away from work, uh, whether it was a toxic environment at work or whether they were just feeling bored or unfulfilled or 
whatever have you, um, the maternity leave when they were off kind of amplified those feelings. Uh, so I felt that writing this book, first of all, I, I wanted to get these patterns written down that I was seeing, and I wanted to get the process I worked through with women written down as well. Um, and I wanted to reach more women so that they could have this book as almost like a guide for them when they're trying to go through those tough decisions. Right. Because there isn't, I suspect that there isn't like a, a very specific process everybody goes through. I think it's, you know, I think there, the, the themes show up and it's a matter of like asking the right questions. And how do you, you know, what questions should I be asking? And, you know, and there's fear, I think, around asking questions or even acknowledging like, yeah, I really don't enjoy what do I do. But the fear of stepping into something new right now is totally real too. So now you're like between a rock and a hard place. Do I give up, you know, potentially stability and security to go into something you know, new and yes, fulfilling, but I don't know how to get there. So, you know, it's hard to let go of something that you know for the unknown. So I imagine it's a tough decision. Absolutely. And the security piece is huge and it has been huge, a theme that's come up my whole time working with women in this capacity, but even more so right now uh with the uncertainty a lot of us myself included we're kind of living day to day we don't know what the future is going to look like i mean for my even even in my business i'm pivoting because the needs of the women that i serve are changing and so yeah going through and trying to ask oh, what are the right questions um how deep do i need to go about you know what i want to be doing or who i want to be helping or how i can be of use um, so I think this isn't your standard kind of career change book. It is a deeper guided um, transformative process. And uh, I ask some difficult questions in there. And I give guidelines for how to approach those questions and how to explore them and how to find the answers to those questions within yourself. Because I can give you all the answers that I know, but it's not going to satisfy you and it's not going to be in alignment with what you want to be doing because those answers have to come from you. Absolutely. So it's, it's sort of, you know, posing the right questions, uh, giving you potentially some examples of how to think about it, but then, you know, you got to do the work. Yes. There's the doing the work piece. So you, you've mentioned, um, pivoting, like just even in your business, um, you know, what, what kind of shifts are you seeing with moms now as it relates to career change in light of this, you know, outbreak that we're, this pandemic that we're going through? Like, you know, what are some of the themes that are different now that you're seeing? Do you have some examples? Yeah, so definitely. I mean, one limitation for sure in any of this process is lack of childcare now. Um, and so making any kind of career change and even like advancing within your own career is a real challenge right now because a lot of women don't have any childcare. <laughs> uh, they may have a partner or, you know, someone in their life that they live with that may be able to kind of give some relief, but it's a real challenge for a lot of women to even find the time to think about doing their work, let alone making a change. So the theme there really is that it's more immediate. Like the concerns are more immediate. They're like, when am I going to find the time? Who's going to help me? How much work can I get done? <laughs> like who, what's my boss going to say? If you're, if you do have a, a boss, if you're self-employed, how am I going to pay the bills? <laughs> so, you know, a lot of the things have changed away from this more like, esoteric idea of like fulfillment to more like the fundamentals and the basics of like survival almost at this point. Yeah. Um, so one struggle is certainly balancing that child parenting and work, like getting the work done. 
Um, so a lot of what I'm working on are like how to have those difficult conversations with your boss, um, where to find income. Maybe if you're an entrepreneur, how to find income and pivot your business in a different way. Um, so, you know, things are definitely changing in that regard because a lot of us don't have the, um, privilege, I guess you want to call it a pri the privilege of making a change right now for reasons that are about fulfillment. I know what you're saying. You're saying it kind of in the sense of it's very difficult to want to do something you want to do when right now it's about just meeting the basic needs of shelter, food, yeah. you know, uh, you know, meeting the basics. And if you're in a position or in a, you know, a, a, a job or a career right now where you're kind of meeting those needs. Um, I feel like some personal fulfillment can kind of wait a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Unless, unless of course you're a really strong go-getter and maybe you have an idea of something that the marketplace really needs right mm -hmm. now and you're able to fulfill that and feel confident that you're able to do so, then that's one thing. But you know, just even thinking about, okay, well, if you're going to do a career change, you know, there may be some education that you need that you can't access right now. Um, maybe there's online, maybe there's not online. And again, it comes back to, if you have children at home, how are you going to do this online stuff? Right. And if yeah. you're working, right. The other yeah. thing that and a lot of, in Sorry. it's okay. Go I was ahead. just going to say a lot of institutions are pivoting as well. They're trying to develop these online programs that they hadn't had before. So it might not be available right this moment and might not even be an option for you right this moment, but it could be in a month's time, two months time. So um, yeah, although right now it's kind of hard and really difficult for a lot of us to even imagine making a career change right now, that will change in the near future when things get ironed out. But absolutely, that's something that kind of seems to be taking a back seat. And so um, figuring out, well, how can I just hold together my current situation and still hold within my mind that I want to make a change at some point, mm -hmm. but sometimes, sometimes, yeah, that will take just staying where you are right now and then figuring that plan out as it unfolds and as those opportunities present themselves. I, the other thing that comes to my mind is, perhaps an idea of what I wanted to do in light of this pandemic and the way that things have shut down. Maybe my initial idea that I wanted to do X, Y, or Z um, leaves a, like even I'm thinking, okay, in my business, you know, I have this gap, right? That I, you know, I'm a people business. And if I can't, get in front of people and do the people thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Now I need to do, you know, something online, but some businesses might not, what am I trying to say? The idea of the ideal job right now may not seem ideal anymore in light of this situation. So what I wanted to do, maybe I, you know, maybe I wanted to be a makeup stylist, right. And it's a great idea and I'm certainly not saying you shouldn't. Um, but maybe now they're thinking, well, what would happen if I can't be in front of people, you know, and how would I make my passion around that work with something else? I don't know if that's a very good example, but I'm just yes. thinking that certain businesses are seeing that there are gaps in their business model um, that maybe going into that particular career doesn't have a good safety net. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we talked about at the beginning, none of us really could have seen this coming. And so I am seeing that there are businesses or, you know, yeah, businesses or even career paths that are struggling to find a way to uh, meet the needs of people now that it's all virtual. And so absolutely, something that seemed like a great idea just a month ago even, now all of a sudden, like you said, you're seeing the gaps there. You're seeing that it's not 
pandemic proof or recession proof. And so looking forward, our whole like thought process has changed because we're trying to find out like, okay, I wanted to do this, but how could I do it differently so that if this were to happen again, I would be okay. Yeah, sure. The other flip side of that is that I have an example of um, a client that was just exploring her options right now. That's where we were in the process of our work together when all of this happened. And something she was very interested in was possibly working with seniors. Well, now you're seeing seniors, you're seeing all the frontline workers that, that they're out there and they are in the line of fire. They are working their butts off. And it's almost like it's a risky job now. And so although that's something she felt passionate about as a possible career path to pursue, she's kind of questioning whether she would want to put herself in that situation. Right. Yeah. Lots to think about. And a lot of like things that we didn't think about before. And it's kind of a very interesting time for, for careers and for businesses. I'm, you know, the other thing that comes to mind is, is, you know, when we think about essential versus non-essential, right. And a lot of businesses that are there because, you know, um, people have maybe extra income. Um, they, they like things, but in, when under pressure, you know, don't seem very essential. And I wonder how much people are going to flood back to that. Right. So I think, you know, other businesses might suffer that way too. Right. When you have, you know, disposable income and you like something, uh, I, I think people are just going to be a lot more cognizant of how they're spending their money on what, right. Even, you know, retail therapy, things of that nature, right. Where you're kind of spending money just cause you know, you, you want something. I just don't know if that's going to be happening. And I wonder what the ripple effects of that are going to be. Mm-hmm. And it all really depends what the economy does and if it continues to tank and how long it takes us to recover from that. Absolutely. People are holding on to their money. They're holding it closely and tightly and um, they're not spending on frivolous things or things that, like you said, that seem to kind of give you a boost before. Um, it's not really happening right now because there's so much uncertainty. And so those are the types of careers too that uh, a lot of women are not seeing the future for them. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, definitely a challenge. Um, when you, okay, let, let's, let's just say somebody is looking to do somebody is, they're like, I'm doing a career change. Now is the time for me to do it. Or now my career is going to take a pivot. Do you have any examples of what that might look like for somebody Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, there are lots of different ways that can look. I had a client uh, who was working in the healthcare field. So she came from a similar background as I did. Um, I'm coming from a healthcare background as well. Before I started my business, I was a genetic counselor at a few of the big hospitals um, in the area. Uh, my last job was at the cancer center in Hamilton. And um, so my client worked in the same field as I did. And um, after she had kids, she decided that she wanted to start working remotely, which was kind of new about a year and two years ago um, when she made that decision. And there weren't a lot of opportunities in our field to work remotely, but she did manage to find a position that she could work part-time from home as a genetic counselor, so staying in the same field. Um, just kind of changing the delivery method of the of her career so that her life could change. She had a young daughter at that point, and she wanted to be able to take her to daycare, drop her off, pick her up, um, have that flexibility in her schedule. Um, but on the back burner, she also had this burning desire to start something different, which was a flower farm. <laughs> and so uh, she created this transition plan. We worked together to create this transition plan where, you know, working from home in her career was kind of still just a stepping stone to this longer term career change that she wanted to make that was probably three to five years out. Um, She wanted to have another child in the middle there as well. So um, that was a really cool career change uh, that I got to be a part of because it was so different. 
I mean, there were stages to it where it was very similar and she was still within her comfort zone in her professional training, but where she wanted to go was so different, more the creative aspect of things. She wanted to like grow flowers and um, hold workshops and, you know, have a community farm and like all of this stuff that was, she was working towards. Um, I had another client who was a teacher at one point and she made the decision to leave teaching and to open up a yoga studio. Uh, but then she was expecting her first child and she decided to pivot that yoga studio and actually close up her brick and mortar location and take her mindfulness training um, around as like a workshop that was traveling. So she didn't have to have the physical location of her business anymore. So in her path, like she skipped from one career to another. And then even from there, she pivoted within her business, right? So there are lots of like ways that it can look. Sometimes it's going from full-time work to part-time work and adding in a side hustle. Sometimes it's a full leap from a profession to entrepreneurship. Um, sometimes it's even just a move within your company, within your organization. I've worked with lots of women that work in the banking industry and they may have been, they were working in a toxic environment with people that they couldn't really feel any kind of peacefulness with. And so they made the decision to stay within their field of work, but to completely leave that department. And sometimes they went to a different branch altogether or a different office. So um, it can look all different kinds of ways. And that's kind of the beauty of it. Oftentimes the process uncovers what the right next step is. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I, I'm just thinking how, you know, having the idea, great. I think, you know, for me, I, I get lots of ideas. I have somebody who I have to take my ideas to and go, is this doable? <laughs> I need a person you know, like that too. <laughs> I'm like, can I, you know, like, can you, like, am I just way out there or is there like logistically a way to, you know, way to do this? And I think, you know, that's where the nice part about collaborating or working with somebody is that you can kind of talk through, okay, well, you know, it's nice to have ideas, but when it comes down to like getting down on the floor and taking those steps, it's like, sometimes it's hard to see those steps, especially when you're perhaps in it. So getting an outsider perspective, I imagine, can help, you know, bring things to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. And the other piece to that is kind of managing your own mind and your limitations and your um, limiting beliefs and kind of trying to wade through that. Mm -hmm. um, because I heard someone say once, don't go into your own mind without a guide or something. Um, it can be kind of like a dangerous jungle to go in there. Um, and I think that's true when you're feeling very emotional about a decision or you're very um, confused. And confusion oftentimes is a decision that we make. We decide to be confused. So mm. that sometimes serves us in different ways. And so kind of trying to unravel that a little bit is very hard to do on your own. Absolutely. Okay. What I want to do is I want to talk about some of the steps in your book. Um, so I think ye, there are eight, there are eight steps in your book and can you kind of describe, can you describe kind of what, what the, what the process looks like as you, you know, as your book is intended? Yeah, absolutely. So the first section, um, I call it phase one. It includes the first couple of steps to the process. And it's all about kind of figuring out where you're at and what your current situation is and getting really honest about it. Um, and then also figuring out what your motivation to want to even think about a career change. What is motivating you to do that? Um, and when we figure out your motivation, it's oftentimes looking at uh, your life and looking at 
something that may have happened to you in your life. Um, usually it's a recent event, a recent kind of thing. Uh, I call it a catalyst moment or a wake-up call um, because we can often go on cruising along in our lives. I did this as well with my career. And then something kind of woke me up to like deciding that I wanted to change careers. And for me, it was really about um, when I had gone through postpartum depression after my second daughter was born. Um, that caused me to look at my life to get some guidance and get some help. I got professional help, but it also made me look and see, well, am I living within my values? Are the things that I'm, does my career for me allow me to do the things that I need to do to stay well and to keep my family okay and just to feel good? Um, so that's part of the process too, figuring out what are your values? What, what about work is important to you? What about your family is important to you? Um, and what is violating those values? So if you're working long hours and your boss doesn't have a family and um, they don't, you don't see eye to eye in that situation, that would be a violation of your values in your family. Um, so that first phase is really all about figuring that out, setting the groundwork. Then we can go into kind of um, getting a little bit deeper into ourselves and uh, reconnecting with our inner selves, our wise inner self. Um, if you've ever heard anyone talk about the ego, the ego is essentially a part of ourselves that is very vocal, but is also very um, influential on us, but is also very much so wanting us to look a certain way to other people. So it's our ego is concerned with appearances. Our ego is concerned with um, affluence and looking a certain way and not looking stupid or not looking um, unsuccessful. So connecting with those things that are our ego and trying to work with that so that the ego is not directing our choices but our inner higher self is directing our choices. So it's a lot of inner work, that phase two. And that's the part that's really hard to do on your own, um, to look at what's holding you back. And I usually recommend that or suggest that my clients develop some sort of a, um, routine, whether that's meditation, journaling, something that's uh, inner work where they can have some time to reflect upon where they're at and what's going on with them and what they want to do going forward. Um, so that's the inner work piece. That's phase two. And then really phase three is putting the plan together, looking at um, just like a business does where they put together their vision and their mission. Well, I help my clients put together their personal mission and their personal vision, uh, what they want to dedicate their professional lives to. Um, and then I help them make a plan, like a concrete plan. And I talked about that transition plan with my one of my clients. Well, oftentimes there are steps to this plan and it's not a hop from one thing to the next, but there's a gradual plan that we put together and figure out how to make it happen. Okay, so there's sort of three, three major three major themes of how you move through things. And then within those phases, there's some specific steps, I assume, that you have to, That's right. that you have to take. Um, can you kind of highlight what some of those sort of those steps might look like in the phases? Yeah. Um, one of the steps. So within, you know, that first, phase, phase one, is all about figuring those things out. So your current situation, what's going on? Catalyst moment, what's your motivation to moving forward and wanting to make the change? Step three is your values, figuring out your work values and your life values and what's non-negotiable to you when you're looking at new options. Um, then phase, the next phase is that kind of inner work. And that's really looking at your confidence, trying to build that back up, looking at your skills, um, professional skills and personal skills, soft skills, all of those things. 
um, because we tend to forget those things sometimes, especially as we become parents and things throw us off course. We can lose touch with what makes us valuable um, as an employee as well. Uh, the next step is really about solitude and reflection. So a lot of my clients roll their eyes at that, but I completely believe that's important. Setting up a space in your home, whether it's um, like a home office or setting up a desk that you can claim as your own or a meditation corner, something like that where you can reconnect with what you want to do because life is busy and if you don't take time to step out from it, it can pass you by and you don't get a chance to figure out what your next steps are, how you're going to pivot, what your next career option is. Um, you need that. And uh, yeah. Is that, is that where you get the most resistance? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's Although just a lot of my clients, they know what they're getting into. So they're oftentimes, you know, into yoga or workshops or like inner work or meditation. They've already had a bit of a taste of that in their lives. So oftentimes um, the clients that I work with, are drawn to that and they want some more of that. They're just not sure how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, any strategies around, you know, individuals who may have some resistance to that, like people who just don't know how to sit still and like, what do you mean you want me to go sit down and reflect? Like, I don't even know what that looks like. I, I obviously assume there's tips in the book on like just even how to do that. But you know, how do you sort of, how do you deal with the objections? <laughs> yeah, so um, this solitude and reflection piece is very individualized. So meditation is just one option and it doesn't resonate for everyone. Uh, you know, there are lots of different things that I suggest to my clients that they pick something that resonates with them. Uh, some things might include uh, forest bathing, so going out in nature and getting the benefits of that, tuning in and waking up and developing your awareness and your mindfulness of what's going on around you and uh, being more present in the moment. It's um, so funny that you mentioned that because I think not this Monday, but the previous Monday was my podcast about forest bathing. So, really? for, people who, so for people who don't know what that is, just go back to two episodes and you got a whole episode on forest bathing. Anyways, I just had to chuckle that he brought it up. I was like, I've never That's even awesome. heard. Well, I laugh because I've never even heard of this. And then, you know, I, did, I interviewed, you know, somebody about it and it's just now, now it's like coming up everywhere. It's coming up on my like Instagram and now you're mentioning it. Anyways, I just... It's you funny how things. Coincidence? Uh, probably not. Probably not. There's probably some messaging there for me, but you know. <laughs> so the resistance. I mean, it comes up, but a lot of times when they're through those other steps. I mean, we're at step five at that point. We're weeks into our work together. Um, I've been giving them homework all along the way, so there's homework between our sessions. And the, the homework assignments have to do with reflection questions and journaling and that kind of thing. So by that point, they're ready for it. Um, and, you know, there are lots of different options. And, you know, going in nature versus like doing something that gets you in a meditative state, like running or working out where you kind of get into an automatic groove. Um, journaling where you... you do this free journaling, but you have to do it for a certain length of time so that it gets into automatic thought writing rather than kind of just left brain writing. Because um, this is a little bit, feels like a little bit of a tangent, but when you're journal writing, if you're just starting off to journal, you're oftentimes starting with your logical mind. You're kind of dumping out things that are your, your thoughts. Whereas if you get going into a, uh, a flow of writing, and you let it go for five, 10 minutes at least, um, you'll flip over to right brain and your right brain will come up with creative ideas. Your right brain will come up with things that you haven't necessarily logically thought of. Uh, and oh, yeah, for sure. Amazing. I, I literally sat down, I'm like trying to write a blog and I'm like staring at the first two sentences and I'm going, Ugh, this is just not flowing. Right. And then it's like, but, and I said to myself, I go, just start dumping it onto the page because out of the, you know, 
the word vomit, something beautiful is going to come out of it. And sometimes that's the hardest part is just, you just got to start writing. And it can be literally like writing this down right now is really, really hard. I don't know what to say. This feels really dumb, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually once you've cleared out all of that, like you said, switching over Mm -hmm. to the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I wrote my book, it was the same thing. Uh, there were times where I would just sit there and not know what to write. I would have writer's block. Um, but there were ways that I could get back into the flow of writing. And uh, one of them was just setting a timer, like you said, and getting all the crummy stuff out on the page until you kind of got through that block. And then it kind of breaks through and flows. Yeah. Yeah, totally kind of side tangent, but I think important, right? Whether setting a timer or, you know, uh, sometimes I'll use like a word limit, just like 500 words, get them down on a page and just go with it. And then, and I did this while I was on vacation. I was like, okay, just start writing stuff down. And it was like, okay, just write down 500 words. And next thing you know, there's 1500 words when I was done. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. So that's all a part of the solitude reflection. Um, I've even had clients tell me that their place, because I usually ask them to tell me where their place is going to be, like where are they going to set up this space for thinking? <laughs> and um, I've had moms tell me, well, my minivan is my place <laughs> where I can go and drop my kids off if they're going, I don't know, to school or whatever but get a tea and just like be in my van by myself. That's the only time I feel that I'm alone. Um, And I was like, great. (laughs) So do some of your thinking there and you know, that works. It's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to, and even in, in that piece, you got to get creative and work with what you have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is really important right now for the current situation that we're in as well because a lot of parents are working from home now but their kids are also home with them and so finding a spot where you can kind of get away almost that sounds terrible but what i mean is create a place where you can go and you can hear your thoughts yeah so you don't well, lose touch with that we all need a little distancing and alone time right because well, it can be overwhelming along with all the other overwhelming things that are sort of going on, right? So uh, definitely having a space like, you know, I've been spending just more time up up in my room. Like I don't ever do stuff up here, but I feel like when I'm up here, I'm a little bit distant. So I'm less likely to have interruptions so that if I get into the flow, right, I'm not being knocked out of my flow every 10 minutes because then I'm going to be frustrated, right? Yeah, it takes time to, no matter what task you're doing, whether it's writing or doing something else that's related to your work, yeah, it takes time to get into that um, that flow of your work. And so I've heard that a lot from a lot of my clients and the women I've talked to as well is that they get like an hour of time to work and then it takes them almost half of that time to kind of even accomplish anything. So I think that's an important part because it's all about our expectations currently. Mm. How much work do you expect to get done? Setting up realistic expectations for ourselves because we're not going to be amazing homeschooling parents and amazingly successful career moms right now at the same time. It's almost like you have to set your expectations for both of those things and almost segment your time as well so that you can dedicate certain chunks of time to both of those things if that's what you're feeling that you And the way that I'm thinking about it for myself right now because I'm very much a go-get like I literally have like lists of all the things right and so and and listen like last week was just an absolute mess um just because there's so much uncertainty and of course you know like trying to figure out business stuff as everything was shutting down right Um, this week I'm reframing to, you know, kind of try to get three things in one day, like just get three things done. Um, and the way that I'm thinking about my productivity is everybody else is not as productive, right? So 
you know, everybody else's expectation, right? Like everything's moving so much slower because everybody is being forced. Um, like it's not business as usual, right? right? There's no other business that's like, you know, five times way ahead of you. Like your competitor is probably not five times ahead of you. They're probably just in the same boat you are trying to get through the day, completing three things. Completely. And so when, when I kind of think about that, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful because I'm in a physio like mastermind group. And so these are other clinic owners that I'm talking with. And so having that camaraderie has helped me realize like we're all literally in the same boat. And so I don't have to do everything because part of, I think this process is to go through the process and part of this is time, right? As things unravel, you're not going to have immediate results. Yeah. It's yeah. not the, I'm available on my cell phone, 24 seven customer service. It's right. You're lucky if you can get somebody on the phone within two hours yeah. Right. So I sort of feel like everything's been really scaled back and that's given me, or I feel like it's given me permission to just do what I can. Yep. Yep. And I was thinking when you said I was going to get three things done off my list a day, I'm thinking, well, that's probably quite a scale back from usual. And that's still really huge. Three yeah. things a day. Yeah. Absolutely. I've had, um, you know, I've heard from women that you're not my clients, but they're kind of like followers on Instagram and Facebook. And some of them have just recently made career changes where they're going to be starting a new job next week. And they're nervous because they're not, they're worried that they're not going to live up to the expectations of their new employer because they've got their kids home and life is different than it was when they got hired a few mm -hmm. months ago. Um, but we've had the conversation, just like you said, that expectations have changed. Things are moving more slowly. Everyone's in the same boat. We're all trying to navigate this together. And I think it's going to be okay because I think it's, there's not going to be a new employer that's going to be running 100% at capacity, banging out all the things that they usually do, right? It's going to be different. Yeah. And it's almost yeah. like, it's an okay time to start a new job because, because of that, because everyone's almost had their legs cut off. Like nobody's really at that same capacity that they were before. Everything is so different. Yep. So it's a bit of a reassurance that I can give to, to those women that, you know, it's going to be okay because you're learning just like everybody else, how to navigate this. Absolutely. hundred percent. So Going back to, so we were talking, we were talking about solitude, reflection, reconnection, you know, you can clearly see you and I are also very much doing a lot of solitude, reflection, reconnection. Um, what, what's the next, what, what happens after that? <laughs> so that's when we start to work, uh, step six is mindset. So looking at things that you're holding yourself back with, your limiting beliefs, and I would say a lot of the ones that I hear from my clients that are moms, um, I don't have time to make a career change. I don't have, um, like, I'm worried about the money, the financial piece. So I'm worried that I can't afford to make a career change. Um, I'm too old to make a career change. So going through these different beliefs that we hold about ourselves um, that may or may not be true. So it's really dissecting each of those and trying to figure out, is it an actual thing that is legitimately holding you back? Is it a real good reason not to make a change? Or is this something you're kind of making up? Um, right. So going through these limiting beliefs together and developing the mindset of, you know, this is something I do want to do and I can do it. So kind of working on that. Um, and then once we get through that, I mean, step seven, you're cruising. <laughs> uh, this is when you make your decision. And so all of this whole process is leading you up to making a decision, um, which at the beginning felt insurmountable. And then by this point, step seven, the decision is usually pretty clear. Um, all the work that we've done leading up to that, um, you're clear about what you, what you 
want to do with your life, um, the vision that you see for yourself. So what you want to see yourself doing every day, actually get them to write out a perfect day in very big detail, like very small detail, sorry. Um, what time they wake up, what, where are their kids? Like, what are their kids doing when they wake up? Um, you know, what do they have for lunch? What time do they eat? Like, what kind of things do they work on? Who do they talk to throughout the day? What kind of money do they make? Like all of this stuff is in the vision piece. Um, just getting really cl crystal clear about that. And then step eight is doing. <laughs> so we did a lot of talking to lead up to that and a lot of mindset work and shifting perceptions, but you actually have to do something to make it happen. And so step, step eight is making that plan and making those steps and taking those steps to make it happen. So whether that's calling your boss and telling them you want part-time work or you want to be transferred or you know, having those conversations that are open and honest and planning them out and like actually doing them. Um, small steps to get you the big results in the end. Exactly. It, it, nothing happens without the action piece, right? Uh, so, okay. So all these steps are in your book and you're guiding people to move through these steps. Um, you know, you also talk about using these steps, like you use these steps in your, in your coaching practice. So I think maybe one, one question I have, cause I mean, there's so many books about everything. Right. And so I kind of just want to highlight for people. Okay. So you've got like do it yourself and then you got working with a coach. Like what is the difference? So yeah, I mean, plenty of people make career changes without using a career coach. Um, and so the difference really is that when you work with a coach, when you work with someone that's a, a professional in this kind of realm, um, it's easier. <laughs> it's just plain old easier. There's more ease to it. You know, I've guided lots of women through this process and, um, it can be done alone with a book. Absolutely. Um, but you're going to get there faster as well with the help of someone that knows, um, and someone that's been there through it themselves as well. I mean, I've been through quite a career change myself. So that's really what brought me to this work and called me to this work. So um, when you're working with a coach, there's plenty of evidence to say that uh, you get an increase in performance, you get an increase in, you know, skills, uh, you learn new things, and it just happens a lot easier and faster. And you have a sounding board. So it's not only just you having kind of that discussion with your own self, right? Where we have blinders and there are things that we, you know, it's hard to see the force between the trees, right? Yeah. So yeah. sometimes having that outsider perspective that doesn't have a vested interest certainly can help illuminate those, you know, blind spots that you didn't know were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a coach is different than a therapist because we're not working on healing the backstory. We're not going back. We're not doing that kind of work. We're kind of forward project projecting and we're guiding and we're helping you get the answers for yourself. Um, so the, there's a difference there also between a consultant and a coach because a consultant is the expert. A consultant comes in and tells you, Oh, you got to do this, this, and this, and that will help you succeed. Well, a coach is asking you the questions to help you get those answers. They're not coming in with those answers for you. They're asking you the questions to draw out the answers from you. Yeah, that's, that's a really thank you for kind of explaining that difference. Cause I don't necessarily know that people know that. And in fact, I wouldn't even necessarily think of that. So that, that was really, really great. Um, okay. Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? You know, where's your book? All of that stuff. Uh, thanks. So, yeah, if you would like to have a copy of my book, uh, feel free. You can request it from uh, my website, and I'll give that to Madeline, but it's, uh, it's a bit.ly link, so I don't know if you want me to just say it out or if you want me to give it to you for the notes. So uh, I will post it in the show notes, and it'll say, you know, you can request a free copy. Click here so people can go into the podcast description, and it'll be there to, uh, to click. 
for sure. Great. So if you are a mom who's got children and, you know, you may be going back to work after your maternity leave and you're not sure what to do about that, if you want to make a change or not, this book might be for you to help you get clarity in that process. And uh, if you feel that you need more guidance uh, than following along with my book, I do offer a free career clarity call as well. And so you can request a, a call with me on my website. Um, my website's www.rootedandvibrant.com. So you'll be able to find how to book that. My calendar is on there. Uh, it's a call that we go together and we figure out where what's going on with you. We get you some more clarity as to what your next steps might be. And then we talk about what working together might look like and if that's a good next step for you as well. Perfect. Um, and again, I will post that all on um, all in the show notes so it's easy to access. So if people want to book a call, get a copy, and I'm sure your website has all sorts of other information that people can access, uh, access there as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I just want to say, you know, this is a really weird time in our lives, a, a strange time, lots of uncertainty, lots of anxiety about what's going to happen next. And, um, you know, I think if we all ride this out one day at a time that I think things will unfold for us. And uh, I think the key really is to just stay calm and have those honest conversations with with the people that are important to you and your career right now. Absolutely. Megan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast, talk about this, um, you know, now more so, you know, now that it, now more so than ever, I mean, it's just gotten even more important to reflect and have a conversation around this. So, um, you know, I want to thank you um, for coming on and talking about this and, you know, even just showing, you know, giving people the opportunity to know like, hey, there's something that I can read and there's something I can actually think about and it's okay for me to question these things and so maybe I make a change, maybe I don't, but at least people know now that there's information that's accessible to them. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure speaking with you, Madeline. I know, we always have some good conversations <laughs> for sure. Um, on that note, I'm going to say also thank you to our listeners and our subscribers. And if you're not subscribed, definitely want to subscribe as, you know, every week is a different conversation and a different thing to share. So you don't want to miss out, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram. It's at, uh, living a better life podcast. Um, and share, share this out with people because again, not everybody's going to tell you they're thinking about a career change. So, you know, sharing it out, you just never know who's going to, you know, listen and um, how you may be positively impacting their life. So um, that's all I have for you. And uh, till the next, uh, till the next episode, bye for now. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.